Hey everybody, this is Nick Sorrentino, and this is the Business Socializer Podcast for the week of September 10th, 2022. Uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We're going to talk about Facebook account recovery help. Talk about the Facebook uh, slash Instagram slash meta ad library. Uh, we're going to talk about gas prices uh, and by the heating prices, uh, particularly in Europe. Uh, they, you know, it's far away, but uh, it is impacting our economy for sure. Um, talk about uh, the fastest growing retailers in 2021, which is which was interesting given how weird a year 2021 was. Talk about the new Apple Watch a little bit. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about a couple of other things. <coughs> Excuse me. So first... Uh, I have to tell you, if you have two-factor authentication for any of your, you know, important profiles, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, um, do yourself a favor and make sure that your authentication app, most people use Google Authenticator, make sure that it is linked uh, to whatever it is that you use, uh, because I thought mine was linked uh, to my Facebook account, uh, and I went um, my computer got hung up and I went to clear the cache, uh, in the computer, uh, which, you know, wiped out, you know, we've all done it, you know, it gets rid of the, uh, you know, your, uh, passwords and so on. So it's kind of a pain in the butt and you got to put them all back in. So no big deal. Anyway, um, I had enabled, uh, two factor authentication, but apparently I had not linked my authenticator app. This is a problem. To make a long story short, after much, much pain, a whole day of just trying to figure things out, um, I mean, not so much figure them out, it's just solve the problem. Um, you know, I ended up having to do a manual uh, request from Facebook where I have to, like, upload my ID and all this stuff. It is a pain. Now, I've done this sort of thing with Facebook before, and it worked okay. I'm not to gain access to my account again, but uh, to, so that I could do political ads for a client. Uh, they wanted to make sure uh, I wasn't a Russian bot or something, I guess. But anyway, and it worked reasonably well, but it takes forever. Anyway, uh, so I was really annoyed uh, last weekend when that happened. I annoyed at myself. Uh, thankfully, I built some redundancies into my social media, uh, and I have different accounts for different things, and I, I just took one of my my other accounts and decided to make that my new account. Um, you know, my, my old account that I'd used for forever and ever um, was in need of a, a serious uh, cull anyway. So I just took this opportunity as a, I took, you know, the whole <laughs> snafu uh, as an opportunity to just, you know, establish a very, uh, you know, a nice, clean, high quality, you know, just filled with everybody I care about. Um, you know, Facebook profile and, you know, kind of tossing aside folks that I really didn't care about. And I, you know, there were, there are a lot of those anyway. Um, but do yourself a favor, double check. If you have two factor authentication, please make sure that you are, your authenticator is linked. Um, because Getting your account back manually is a pain, and like I said, it takes forever. And most people aren't running multiple profiles for their business like I am. So 
uh, just keep that in mind. That is, I mean, that is good piece of advice there. I, I promise you. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about a life of a social media influencer. Um, believe it or not, the, well, and I think most people could probably believe it. Yeah. Gen Z, they want to be influencers. Uh, I mean, they want to be rock stars. They want to be YouTubers. Uh, that's it. They want to be the next Mr. Beast or whatever. Um, and what's amazing is, I mean, this is, it's an industry now. It, influencing is an industry. Uh, and it is an industry in which there is real opportunity um, for small and mid-sized businesses. Um, you know, when we talk about influencers, people, you know, often think of, you know, Kim Kardashian or whatever. Um you know, it, you know, yeah, I mean, or, I mean, really, if you think about it, like the Oprah Book Club was, you know, like an influencer, okay? People think of these grandiose terms. Thing is, there's influencers in each, like, I mean, each niche has influencers, probably multiple. And, uh, you know, the example that, um, that we give in the letter, which you can review, obviously, um, is, you know, you know, like for instance, it, it, you're, let's say that your niche is, is Virginia wine. Okay, let's say that you're a vineyard or something. We've got a, I know we've got a few handful of vineyards, I guess, that are subscribers or whatever. Um, and anyway, let's let's say that they, uh, you know, uh, you're probably not going to reach out to Kim Kardashian and say, hey, you know, can you uh, promote uh, our stuff via your Twitter feed? Um, you know, and if you did, you'd have to reach out to her, you know, the agent of her agent, and then she'd charge you like, you know, a million bucks or something like that. The thing that's cool with this emerging industry, and again, it is an industry, is that you can engage people that are much more valuable potentially to you and your business than somebody like Kim Kardashian even, but they're much more accessible. Um, but as an example, again, continuing with the, you know, Virginia Wise, I mean, you know, let, let's say that's your business and you want to engage an influencer that could, could, you know, help you in your business. Who are the most prominent wine podcasters for East Coast wines? Are, are there podcasts for Virginia wines? Uh, what profiles are, you know, particularly active? Who has a strong following? And by strong, I mean, you know, like, Let's say ten thousand uh, engaged folks. Um, those people exist out there, and uh, the the influencer that has that audience, um, you know, yeah, they, they don't have a million people, and they don't have corporations knocking down their door. Um, you know, they might do business with you for product alone. You know, you send them a you know half a case of wine, something like that. Um, they might you know talk about your wine on a on a podcast or. a vlog or whatever, um, you know, do a TikTok about you or something. Uh, it is potentially, there is the potential for real reward um, at a relatively low price. Uh, and we really encourage our uh, subscribers and our readers to you know, really think about that. I mean, who who are the influencers in your immediate industry? Um, almost everything has, you know, Influencers, everything. Knitting has influencers. You know, uh, people who make lamps 
<laughs> probably have influencers. You know, who knows? Uh, who are those people? Engage with those people. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, I, I think you will find potentially, again, a lot of bang for your buck. Uh, speaking of influencers, uh, uh, Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld, who I think is like, you know, I don't know, 65, something like this, I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's interesting. He just did a photo shoot um, with this uh, company called Kith, K-I-T-H. I had never heard it before, but it's, uh, but anyway, they, they did these pictures. We have one of the pictures in the in the letter where he's, he looks like Drake. He's all hip-hop. He's got his Nikes, uh, his white Nikes on, and like he's got a varsity jacket. I mean, the guy's 65 years old. He's got a varsity jacket. Yet, I have to say, I mean, he doesn't look bad. And uh, I was checking out on Twitter, and, and some people thought it was really cool. Um, but it's just interesting to see how the influencer culture has really... Uh, really spread over the past couple of years, particularly. Now, one of my favorite ones is the Kevin Hart, um, as, as in the comedian, the Kevin Hart uh, uh, meal at Wawa. Now, Wawa is a is like a 7-Eleven, uh, for those who don't have them, uh, wherever it is that you li live. Um, but apparently, Kevin Hart has given his stamp of approval. It's like, it like a hot turkey sandwich in a C4 energy drink or something. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. But it's everywhere. Snoop Dogg's, you know, promoting like, I don't know, two dozen products right now. Uh, it, it is pretty interesting. But you don't need Snoop Dogg and you don't need Seinfeld, as we said. Um, find out who's big in your industry. Um, now, uh, something else. Uh, so Facebook has an ad library. Uh, Instagram, you know, they call it the, uh, the Meta Ad Library, and we have a link to it in the newsletter, and I really encourage you to go and check it out. It is, it's, you can go in there and find out what your competition's doing at Facebook. Uh, you can see what's working. Um, you know, you can steal it. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the idea is nothing wrong with that, you know? Uh, and, uh, I mean, obviously, don't plagiarize it, but the idea is that, like you can see what's working. Um, you know, I, really, if, if there's one, there's, you know, making sure that your two-factor authentication is squared away is number one in this, you know, bit of advice from this podcast. But uh, checking out the, the ad library is really cool. I went in there and poked around, and there's lots of value in there. So, again, there's a link. Just look for use the media ad library. Um wanted to talk uh, a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, I, I try to, and actually the, 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 I need to, uh, I need to back up for a second. I meant to say this at the top, but um, we have slightly changed our format in that um, we're still doing a newsletter on Monday, sometimes Tuesdays. Um, we're going to do another, um, another version uh, of our newsletter called Nuggets. In the middle of the week, which is a little bit briefer, um, full it'll still be chock full of good information, lots of links and so on, uh, and I hope that you like it. And then on the weekend, we're going to do this podcast. Um, so, you know, that's the way forward uh, as we try to build this company. Um, you know, it is our great hope and uh, it is our desire to grow this, grow the business socializer in, into a significant company. Um, 
and your help and your paid subs subscription really makes all the difference. I mean, that's what drives our business, and we appreciate your business. Um, you know, anyway, so, you know, we try to talk about tech. Uh, we try to talk, we talk about social media, obviously, first, uh, tech, but we also talk about other stuff. And I've noticed that over time, um, you know, th there, there, there are other things that are of value to uh, our subscribers. And one of them is, yeah, anyway, yeah, I just wanted to talk briefly about the, the price of, of heating. Now, in the United States, gasoline prices are, are down, you know, significantly strong work, I don't know, probably significantly since its peak earlier in the summer. Uh, so there's a little relief there. It's still way up, but okay, that's bad enough. Thing is, in Europe, things are crazy because of the whole Ukraine uh, Nord pipeline shutdown thing. Like in Italy, they're talking about the price of heating uh, quadrupling uh, this winter. Like as of, I think it's October 1, they, they have these weird system of like how you pay it. Anyway, whatever. Um, Germany's like three times uh, Britain's double. I mean, this is going to impact small business people. Uh, and we have a link um, to a, a report uh, from the UK uh, about small businesses that are like, we just got through COVID. We got through COVID lockdowns. And we're hit by inflation. And now like, you know, our heating bill is $10,000 a month. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, and thankfully, you know, that's it's far away at this point, but it's not that far away. And it's good to keep an eye on that. Uh, speaking of something to keep an eye on also, um, we have been and, and we'll continue to do so for you, is we're, we're paying real close attention to artificial intelligence, which is, uh, revolutionizing things all through pretty much every industry right now. I mean, it is changing things. It just is. Um, and word comes that if you fly into Vegas, you can now get a lift car uh, that drives itself, I guess, to take you to the strip. <laughs> it's not that long a drive. I've, I, I've done it. Um, but that's crazy. Now, the thing that's funny is that, at least initially, there are going to be people sitting where the wheel is, although they're not going to drive it. So I guess the, the assumption is that if, you know, the the car goes berserk, um, you know, the, uh, the non-driver driver can take it over. But anyway, something to keep in mind, just, you know, AI gets weirder and weirder, and, start, and it is becoming part of our lives. Um like, I mean, just at a super fast pace right now. So, you know, pay attention. Um, uh, you may have also heard that Apple uh, came out with their new products uh, this past week. And, you know, there's new uh, new iPhone and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's nothing that's struck me as particularly crazy. Um, but one thing that I thought was awesome, uh, and we, uh, in the Nuggets, um letter we have uh we have a video link to it uh it's this uh, new apple watch uh they call it uh discover or something like this um no apple watch ultra anyway uh it has uh like pinpoint gps on it it has uh the idea is that it's it's an apple watch 
for you know somebody who's climbing Mount Everest or something. Now, uh, I think most of us are probably not going to climb Mount Everest, um, but uh, we still like our rugged gear. I mean, and it's neat to think that your stuff could go to Mount Everest. Uh, anyways, this uh, this um, watch looks awesome. The thing that uh, struck us particularly is uh, is cool is the uh, the fact that you can actually drop markers. Like, so let's say you uh, I do a lot of hiking with my wife, and you can actually just take your phone, press button, and it will show you a map of where you are, um, and you know you can put a marker there. So that way you could go out to wherever. And then find your way back by following the markers. You know, it's like digital breadcrumbs or something. Um, you know, again, the, the chances that I would ever need such a function are probably pretty small. But, man, it's cool to have. Um, anyway, so check that out. The video is cool. Um, just wanted to briefly talk about uh, some of the retails that, that grew in 2021. Uh, who do you think it is? Hey, take a guess. Who do you think is the grew the most of like, you know, I, th I think it's, you know, it's, you know, over, a, I'm going to assume over, uh, the $30 million in revenues or whatever. I, I mean, it's gotta be significantly more than that, but anyway, whatever. The answer is in 2021, it was Harbor Freight. It's a Harbor Freight tools, um, which I have to say we got one in Charlottesville and I like it. It's, it, the quality of the stuff is really good, and the price is also pretty good, which is a good combo for growing a retail business. Um, after Harbor Freight, it's like it's a company called Indetex. Okay, don't know what that is, uh, but Burlington, as in Burlington Co. Factory, that's pretty interesting. Dillard's. Um, by the way, Harbor Freight was up ninety three point four percent. Dillard's was up fifty. Two point, uh, 53.2%. Um, but Ross, uh, H&M, five below. Very interesting. Weird year, 2021. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see if any of those trends hold. Um, <coughs> now, we were talking about the prices of, uh, of, um, of heating in Europe uh, and... You know, one other economic thing for this week that I wanted to bring up, um, you know, uh, and this is not necessarily, this is not a political thing, um, but I will say, you know, Ron Paul is an interesting person. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him multiple times, uh, and he is author of many books and a smart cookie, uh, and he's been a real critic America's central bank, the Federal Reserve. Uh, and I say rightfully so, that the Federal Reserve should be uh, looked at very, very closely. And and anyway, people are looking a lot more closely at the Fed these days. But anyway, there's something that, you know, but most people, most people look at the Federal Reserve as, you know, like there's a famous book about the Federal Reserve called The Secrets of the Temple. And really that's kind of what they want, uh, would prefer the public to kind of see them as, is this mythic temple where the, these, you know, uh, priests running around, you know, pulling levers for the economy and so on. It's not that. It's a lot of guesswork. There are a lot of smart people at the Fed. Um, anyway, I'm not going to get into the philosophy of the Fed and all that stuff, but I will say that something 
we need to keep an eye on, uh, actually, absolutely, I mean, it's not an option. Uh, one needs to pay attention to this if one does any kind of business, and that is, you know, Ron Paul says that the Fed is out to get, you know, some some people fired and put some people out of business. Now, that sounds crazy, but it's but it's true. Um, what happened was last year, the Fed made he, just a series of bad mistakes along with really bad policy uh, on the... Um, fiscal side coming out of Washington and sparked inflation. Uh, and they kept saying it was just transitory. It's not a big deal. Well, now, obviously, it's not. It's very significant. Um, and so they made this big, massive mistake. Um, but now they're probably going to make a mistake the other way because basically Powell is saying that he'll crush uh, Chairman Powell. Um, uh, essentially, the economy... Uh, but and especially the job market um, by quote softening the labor markets, uh, which means raise raise interest rates at, at such a pace that it severely that it really really impacts the economy um, potentially harshly. Now, what they want ideally is what is called a soft landing. That's always the goal. But I think the Federal Reserve is basically saying, you know, one way or another, like, they're going to, and this is my, my, my wife said this months ago, and she said that it sounds like the Federal Reserve is yanking the wheel, and uh, indeed, uh, they are, they're yanking the wheel, they're yanking the wheel the other way, which means there's going to be a lot of disruption for a lot of people, let's hope not, let's hope that something works out, economics is weird, um, but I just know, you know, those people are making decisions knowing, you know, some people are not gonna have enough food on the table, you know, uh, which is pretty weird. Uh, it's it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy area uh, responsibility, um, as I think they would probably put it. Anyway, um, you know, in and, you know, all right, and this is kind of political. I'm going to end on the political uh, note. I'm sorry. Uh, forgive me. Uh, you know, again, like we said, try to do uh, social tech and then other stuff. And we'll say this is this kind of merges, you know, fuses all these things. But anyway, apparently the White House, the Biden White House, pressured it according to um, a... Uh, a former New York Times reporter um, who was kicked off of Twitter, who then took Twitter to court and then actually got reinstated on Twitter. He's the only person I know, and his name escapes me at this point. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, apparently in his discovery, um, as he was looking through documents and his lawyers are looking through documents, it appears that the Biden administration may have pressured Facebook and Twitter um, on, uh, or I guess in this case, it pressured Twitter uh, to get rid of the guy because he was talking about um, um, COVID stuff that uh, was not, you know, it was like a year ago, it was like, oh, you can't say that. And now it's like, well, now we all know it's, it's true. And that's the reason why he was reinstated because what he said was essentially correct. <laughs> um, but they still booted him off. And the fact that, you know, a, a, a government... In the United States, we have the First Amendment. The government's not supposed to limit speech, you know, outside of, you know, some extreme situations, you know, like, you know, 
well, you only fire in a theater, and the thing they always, you know, that's the example always given. Uh, but it's, it's extremely limited. But what it appears in this situation is uh, the government may have um, essentially outsourced censorship to, uh, you know, to Twitter uh, to shut these people down. And since Twitter is a private company, they can, you know, as as things are set up currently, they can do what they want. Um, but if the government is pushing Twitter to do that, that's a whole other thing. And I don't know. It seems like a violation of the First Amendment. So, again, something to keep in mind. Um, we are in a communication economy, um, and so we need to be able to communicate. Uh, and uh, good to be aware we're not endorsing or not endorsing any politician or political party or whatever. Um, you know, we're, we're here to help you make money. But that's an interesting factor, something to keep in mind. Anyway. Gosh, I talked enough today. Um, anyway, I hope you guys like the new format. I hope you have a great rest of the weekend. Um, and, you know, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Uh, and uh, we'll send out a letter on Monday. Until next time, this is Nick Sorrentino. This has been the Business Social.